Thomas Paine, back in the 18th century, wrote a brilliant essay. It's called Common Sense. In it, he wrote of government, that government at its very best is a necessary evil. Most people hear that as government is necessary. I hear that as government is fundamentally evil. Hey friends, Sean from SGT Report with a very important update. Thank you so much for tuning in. Do you know the criminal Senate just approved $90 billion for Ukraine and Israel? These vipers in our government will never stop until they bled us completely dry. Brent Johnson is back to help me break down the tyranny. And in this one, you will hear the audio clip of me addressing my criminal city council as they try to assess my family and other families in the city as much as $8,750 for road improvements. It's an outrage, and it's time for every beating heart in this country who gives a damn about liberty to stand up, speak out, and say no more. Thanks for tuning in, friends. Before we start, just a quick word about our sponsor. Have you guys taken a good look at the banks lately? On the surface, everything looks fine, but there's a whole lot more going on underneath. It's like looking under the hood of a car and finding nothing but a mess of broken wires and parts. Debt is hitting a record high. It's really scary when you stop and think about it. Why risk your money for a tiny return when things are so shaky? This is where Noble Gold Investments can help. The money printing is never going to end. And Noble Gold Investments is like a friend who knows about keeping money safe. And they suggest gold and silver. Now keep in mind, there's always a risk of investment and there's no guarantee, but they do have a sweet deal a free one quarter ounce gold standard gold coin this month if you qualify. If you're curious, just give them a call right now at 877-646-5347 and tell them SGT Report sent you. It's just a chat, no pressure, but they'll help you figure out if gold and silver are right for you. Just visit noblegoldinvestments.com and take the first step toward a safer financial future. 877-646-5347. Hey friends, welcome back. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Sean from SGT Report here with a very, very important broadcast. Guys, we're going to arm you today with the information you need to know so that you remember the government does not exist to rule us. Now, I think that runs contrary to what so many of them in government believe, but I have a really important story I want to share with you in the audience and our expert on this topic, Brent Johnson, in just one minute. Guys, Brent is the author of The American Sovereign, How to Live Free from Government Regulation, The Pursuit of Happiness, Freedom in the Human Spirit, and the spiritual book, The Quiet Voice of God. You can, of course, find him at the Global Freedom Report and The Voice of Freedom. That's at freedomradio.us. Brent, welcome back. How are you, sir? Oh, it's a pleasure, Sean. It's always a pleasure to be with you. I think you and I make great broadcasts. We really do. Well, we're kindred spirits. And uh, let me tell you, if there's anything that's true, I don't think it's ever been more true that those of us who are awake, there's a fire being kindled within all of us to end this tyranny. Because again, as I led with, the government does not exist to rule us. I shared a story with you just briefly in email because I wanted your advice. Well, I can give you more information about what has transpired since I sent you that email. Should I tell the story for the audience? Oh, sure. Okay. So imagine a scenario in which we're all feeling beaten down. The borders are wide open, 34 trillion in debt, 
We're in the debt death spiral. This government continues to spend money at the pace of a drunken sailor. In fact, I don't think there were drunken sailors that pissed through money as fast as this government does. And then we get in the mail during the back of all the inflation, property taxes continuing to go up. We got in the mail a notice from our city saying, just so y'all know, we're doing street improvements. And now it's your turn in your neighborhood. 3.1 miles of street improvements. It's going to cost $3 million. And your share, dear pleb, will be $3,550. Now it's a little bit fit to be tied because I don't own the streets. At least I didn't think I did. And I don't pay to have the streets plowed in the winter. I don't clean the streets in the summer. So I asked you, Brent, what is my obligation in this scenario? I live in a neighborhood that's 25 years old. That means the streets are pretty new, especially the infrastructure under the streets. And so we went to the city council meeting to ask them, where do our property taxes go? Well, the answer we got was police, fire, schools, pretty much that order. Oh, and salaries. Yes, inflated salaries for bureaucrats. Evidently, there's not enough money for the streets. Now, get this, Brent. During the city council meeting, there was a presentation from the guy who's in charge of this streets thing. And so his presentation was street improvement project feasibility report and public hearing to consider street and utility improvements. During his presentation, at the very top, it said technically and financially feasible. So I got up and I spoke and I said, isn't that interesting? Sure, it's feasible because y'all are just going to assess us this money and roll it into our property taxes. And if we don't play ball, you'll just take our houses. Now get this, during his presentation, remember I just told you the feasibility study indicates that our share for our little street in our neighborhood would be $3,550 per house, Brent. Some of the streets in this city are wider and they're older and they're in need of more work and stuff under the streets needs attention. The assessment for some of those homes on those streets, $8,750. That made my blood boil because I know a lot of those people on those streets, you know, they're not very nice homes. In fact, Brent, there are people on the bubble right now in this country that when they get that notice in the mail, they're going to lose their minds. But you know what was funny? I'm about the only person who showed up at the city council meeting to ask these questions and speak out. And I asked them, show me the contract. Where is the contract that I have with you people that would allow you to assess this money that you expect me to pay? As far as I know, I don't have a contract with any of you all. Can somebody explain that to me? And they couldn't. And so my question is, as a taxpayer, in so many ways, inconceivable ways, endless ways, including property taxes, can you guys produce the contract that I have for the roads, for plowing the streets, for maintaining the streets? Because I don't have a contract with the city. The roads do not belong to me. They don't belong to these people. Now, we all use them. And I think people would believe that it's your gas tax, your sales tax, and your property tax that would help maintain those roads. Let me say one other thing. In regards to where we live, it's only 20, 25 years old. And the streets aren't in bad shape. They don't need curbs. They were built with like an eased curb. We don't need curbs, number one. Number two, what we do need is to have them re-blacktopped. Now, I'm not sure how re-blacktopping the road in front of where I live would be $3,550. But the issue of contracts is very important to me because I will be, I've talked to my attorney. He's pro se, which means he's not beholden to the bar, which means he's pretty sneaky and smart. So we will take this on because I am not going to just sit idly by 
and have you all tell me that we owe $3,550 more on our property taxes over 10 years, which we can finance. Oh, thank you very much. So $8,750 for the folks that live on 2nd Street? Am I understanding that right? Is that per house? Should have been here last year. Okay, but this is insanity. When we live in a country now where the average person doesn't have $500 for an emergency. That's, real, that's the real data. 50% of the population of the country doesn't have 500 bucks. So I guess all I'd really want to say is, oh, and by the way, what about the bubble that uh, we're already in financially and those on fixed income? How are people on fixed income supposed to digest this? So I want to thank you for your time. I guess I would just finish by asking, can you produce the contract? I don't have a contract with any of y'all regarding the street in front of my home. So if you knock on my door and say you owe me $3,550 for improvements that I don't think I need that y'all are going to do without my consent, I'm not signing that contract. So if you can't produce a contract with me, how are you going to get the $3,550 out of me? Well, you're going to put it on my property taxes, right? I'll fight that. I, I just think somebody's got to draw the line in the sand on some of this stuff. And we need our streets re-blacktopped. I would have thought property taxes would have paid for that. So thank you. Thank you. What in the heck are we supposed to do about this type of tyranny? Well, in the first place, you ask the right question, okay? Um, you have to first determine whether or not you have agreed to accept this assessment. The fact that you say you haven't actually is meaningless. Um, for example, where you live, are you part of a homeowners association? Yep. Okay. Now you got to check the fine print of the homeowners association. Does the, and I don't know, you'd have to see, but does the homeowners association have some kind of fine print that says that you are obligated to pay any of these types of charges that are assessed? Uh, if it does, then you are under contract. Then we have a second thing. Okay, um, your property, I take it, your ownership of the property has been recorded. Yes, probably it is recorded the same way everybody else records theirs, not the way you've recorded yours to escape this tyranny. Okay, recordation is something that is done by most homeowners because most of them have either acquired their property or in some way purchased it through a title company that uses attorneys who always record it. Um, there is no law actually requiring you to record property. That's a whole nother conversation. But when you record property, what you are doing is you are actually turning it over to the state through the county. County is an agent for the state. That is how, that is how come you are assessed property taxes. And that is also how the state gets money. The state borrows money and secures it, collateralizes it with all the recorded property in the county or in the state or, you know, depending upon the terms of the loan. So they that's how the state can impose zoning regulations on you okay, because you have recorded it and you have turned it over to the state. So that is another avenue that may be used to compel you to pay this assessment. Now, I'm not saying that if it exists, automatically you have no options. That I'm not saying that. But the first thing to do is to identify where, if at all, 
you are presumed to have such an option. And what I would do is, um, I, I, I know not every place has this, but most counties have a county council. Do you know if yours has one? I do not. Okay, find out. And if so, go meet with that person and ask him point blank. Because you're asking for a legal answer. I want to know why I am obligated to pay for this street improvement. What obligates me to pay for that? And he should answer you. If, if there is a county council, if there is not, you want to find out who the chief legal council of the county or the city or the district is. There has to be somebody. No, there is. I got you. Okay. When you said county council, I had in my head city council. You're talking about a lawyer, C-O-U-S-S-E-L. Yeah, I believe oh. there is one. There's certainly a city council, city lawyer. She was there. And only after I got back up and repressed them because they didn't answer my questions, they just all politely listened to me. I got back up and said, I don't think y'all answered my questions regarding property taxes. Where do they go? Why aren't our property taxes paying for this? And can you produce the contract? What gives you the authority to make these assessments? And then finally, this lawyer, only after the mayor looked at her, did she cite some state statutes, a couple of state statutes? So, Good, good. Next step is look up the statutes and see exactly what they say. I almost guarantee you they do not say that they can do what they're doing. I would almost guarantee it. But, you know, you got to look it up. Okay, this is how you do it. You know, you, you follow the investigative trail. And do not take no for an answer because... Here's the thing. Let's assume that there is some kind of presumptive obligation you have, that the state presumes that you have this obligation. The bottom line is, if you were not given knowledge in advance and an opportunity to say yes or no, then they can't enforce such an obligation. Uh, anytime you enter an agreement... That entry into the agreement must be, there are four component elements. That entry into the agreement must be a knowing, intelligent act entered into intentionally and voluntarily. That has to be. Knowing means you know what you're doing. You're of sound mind. You're not crazy. Intelligent act means you have thought about it. You're not acting impulsively. Intentional means you intend the consequences of your entry into the agreement and voluntary is voluntary. So if any of those four elements is not true, then the only way to enforce such an agreement is by tyranny. And you have every right to stand up, resist it and refuse to pay. Uh, now you are correct. Okay. If it's recorded, ultimately they'll come and try and take your home, but you fight that. You stand up against it. You don't allow it. This is this is really the problem today. Every time the government violates you, and by the way, the government never takes your rights. All the government can ever do is violate your rights. And every time the government does something to violate your rights, it is asking you an unspoken question. The question is, what are you going to do about it? We, the people, need to start answering that 
question because they always ask it always what are you going to do about it well this is what i'm going to do about it what are you going to do about it mm-hmm. escalate mm-hmm. push the issue stand your ground that's the only way this will ever change yep and that's why we went to the city council meeting my wife came to we both spoke and you know i'll tell you what's really interesting The first comment I made before I really talked about the money at all was that I told them there's a moral question to what you all are doing here. And the moral question is this, in an era with $34 trillion in debt, the comeuppance is here, okay? The federal government is hopelessly broke. People are suffering under a lot of inflation. The economy's not half as good as Biden would suggest. A lot of people are getting laid off. Um, The cost of living is exceeding people's paychecks. And there's a lot of people, I told them, on the bubble who I bet cannot afford this for even one second. And they're not here. You know why? Because they're beat down and tired. They're trying to figure out how to pay their mortgage. They're trying to figure out how to pay their electric bill. They're trying to figure out how to keep their kids in college. They're trying to figure out a lot of things. And y'all are hitting them with these kind of bills. I said, I think it's a real moral hazard because you know as well as I do in a country where the average person doesn't have $500 for an emergency. There are a lot of people that this could put over the edge for them. They don't have it. And you know what's so funny? In that presentation, they were saying that uh, people can finance this for 10 years at 5%. So again, always the solution for the tyranny. Don't worry. Yeah, the assessment 9,500, that's a lot, maybe too much for most people. You can finance that over 10 years. It is absolute corruption and tyranny, man. And it makes my blood boil. And here's the other thing. We live in a pretty touristy little town. And my wife made a great point with all the sales taxes and the alcohol taxes and the gas taxes and the property taxes and all the money that this city gets. It's not their responsibility to maintain the streets, which are heavily traveled by tourists. It's just insane, Brent. Well, you see, my favorite founding father, my favorite American founding father is Thomas Paine. Thomas Paine, back in the 18th century, wrote a brilliant essay and it's you know you can still get it today and it's absolutely brilliant it's called common sense in it he wrote of government that government at its very best is a necessary evil most people hear that as government is necessary i hear that as government is fundamentally evil Once you determine that government is fundamentally evil, number one, government never does anything to help you. Ronald Reagan said the most terrifying words that anybody could ever hear is, I'm from the government, I'm here to help you. Government is staffed with liars. Government is staffed with criminals. And by the way, showing the law to a criminal gets you nothing. You know, go up to somebody robbing a bank and say, excuse me, did you know that robbing a bank was illegal and you can go to jail for a lot, long, long time? You think he's going to thank you and go home? No, he'll shoot you and he'll still rob the bank. The point being that government is staffed with people who consider the Constitution, the supreme law of the land, an irritation to circumvent. That means they break the law. That means they have a criminal character. And what criminals seek to do is take what's yours and make it theirs. The reason they get away with it is most of you think they're authorized to rule over you, which they are not. Our entire country 
is founded on the principles enshrined in the Declaration of Independence. And right after the very significant words, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, the very next words are to secure these rights. Governments are instituted. In other words, the purpose of government, the only purpose of government, is to secure the free exercise of your God-given, creator-endowed, unalienable rights and nothing else. It is not for the government to feed you when you're hungry. It is not for the government to give you health care, ha, 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 when you're sick. It is not for the government to educate you or your children. None of that is in the Constitution. None of that is the function of government. The problem we have is the government has offered to do these things and everybody accepts it and in the process waves their God-given rights That's right. to you know, say you know, no. Yep. And here's the thing. We got to come up with a different term for government because we don't have a government anymore. They're not governing the people in any sort of way that would appeal to Thomas Jefferson, who said the only reason we resort to government at all is to protect our liberty. This government on a federal level, and I would argue on a state level, by the way, because I live in a state that had a $2 billion surplus. Do you think the people that paid that money got any of it back? No, it was redistributed to people who didn't pay. So again, another fly in the ointment for me. They take from those who produce, they give to those who don't produce. And in this case, they introduce a regressive tax. This is a regressive tax because it is a lot of money across the board. So for some of those homeowners, they might be multimillionaires. So this assessment, you know, it's not going to keep them up at night. For other homeowners, you know, are bringing in a family income of 70, 80,000 a year and they're struggling to pay their mortgage, it's devastating to get a $9,500 assessment. You see what I'm saying here? And I'm not advocating for any sort of socialism. I'm saying the whole system is broken. And the more people I talk about this with, including one of my neighbors, they agree the fix is in. The whole thing is like a mafia. It's not a government. They run like a mafia. So get them all together, stand up against the county and say, we refuse to comply. We refuse to comply. You will not take our home. We will not allow you to do this. What are you going to do about it? That's what needs to happen. And as long as people are unwilling to do that, the government will continue. And you say, what do you want to call the government? They call them a dictatorial tyranny. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. A criminal dictatorial tyranny. When I when I prepare, when I edit stories for posting on my website, news stories, I do not say in the stories, United States, I call it the fascist police states of America with a K. That's how I refer to it. And I'm more than happy to debate anybody who wants to challenge me on that designation. The fascist police states of America. That's what it is. And until the people stand up and say no, it will continue. Government doesn't know how to stop. You know, if a government could actually sit there and say, you know, we have enough taxes and enough regulations and we're not going to do any more, that government could probably be around forever. But government doesn't know how to do that. Government squeezes tighter and tighter, takes more and more and more because there are no consequences. Now, the good news is that everybody in the world has what I call a tolerance line in the sand. I'm willing to take so much, I ain't willing to take no more. And everybody's tolerance line is different, but we all have one. 
And if you are pushed over your tolerance line in the sand, you push back. And because the government doesn't know when to stop, they are constantly pushing more and more people over their respective tolerance lines in the sand. And so people are pushing back. All we have to do is organize them. And we win. We shut down the government. Let the government go bankrupt. Let the government offices stop working. Let all of the government giveaway programs disappear. Yes, a lot of people will be upset about it. But we need to emasculate the government. They are our servants. We are the rulers. We have been very remiss in our duty to keep the beast government at bay. Couldn't agree more. And let me just ask you about the tyranny of the states, too, because it's not just the federal government. It is obviously the state governments, especially in the blue states. I happen to live in one such blue state. And believe me, we are trying to get out. We have kids, schools, careers. So it's, you know, there's always a thing about moving out of a state. But believe me, we're working on it. Let's take a look at Illinois. 60, how much billion are they in debt? $65 billion in debt. They're hopelessly bankrupt. Look at Chicago, completely run by criminals. Okay, they're letting criminals run the show. They banned gun ownership for the most part for honest citizens in Chicago. So who have the guns? The bad guys. It's complete lunacy. But here's my question for you. A little bit of a story here. My wife has two friends. I think I've told this story once before. They're teachers, lifelong teachers. They both live in Illinois. They just both retired in Illinois. And they were bragging to their friends about their retirement, their pension packages as teachers. Now, you can imagine in Illinois how puffed up and full lunacy, full blown lunacy these uh, pension packages probably are for these teachers. Here's the punchline. Yes, they both brag that they will make more in retirement than they did when they were teaching. This is not sustainable. And I joked to my wife as they're bragging about this retirement to their friends. I said, you know, sad, they're probably not going to see all of that money. In fact, I'd be surprised if they see another three, four, five years of that money. So what do you make of that? Teachers who brag about their pensions in blue states when they retire, they make more than they ever made when they were working, but they live in a hopelessly bankrupt state like Illinois. Well, I'll tell you first, Illinois is gangster town, USA, by the way. Um, It's where all the gangsters used to be, and it's where they still are. Um, The problem is that almost the entire world functions with a distorted, deviant value system. The value system is that what life is about, what's important is making money and and, uh, getting promotions, money, position, and power. That's what drives the world. And that's, that's the problem. Because think about it. Go back 40, 50 years. Okay. Um, you're, uh, you have your first girlfriend. Okay. She invites you over to meet her parents. The father, first thing he says to you is, what do you do for a living? Now, his argument is, well, I want my, I want my little girl to have a better life than I had. That's always the argument. Better meaning wealthier, have more things, money, position, power. Okay. In reality, we need to change the value systems of society. You know, people get rewarded for making money or 
you know, getting their promotions and, you know, having power and fame and things like that. There's nothing wrong with those things. But when those things are more important than anything else, you will do anything for money, position, and power. You will lie, you will cheat, you will steal, you will kill. Because the prohibitions against doing those things are less important to you than money, position, and power. So what we really need to do is we need to start rewarding people for being honest, acting with integrity, keeping their word. Every, every week, I do a, a weekly show. At the end of the show, every show, I say, at the end of the day, would you be proud to tell your friends, your family, your loved ones, your children what you did today? Did you tell the truth? Did you keep your word? Did you honor your agreements? These are the values that we need to instill with people because if we can get people to begin to change their values, everything else will correct itself. But as long as money, position, and power is the ruling value system, this won't change. No matter what, you can fix, you can fix things piecemeal. You can make it okay over here. But over there, something else happens based upon this sick value system. So that's how you change the world. We have to change the way we do life. And it's not as impossible as you might think. That's how I live. You know, I if, if somebody says or does something, keep their word. I thank them. I acknowledge them. So they feel good about what they did and they'll do it again and again. That's what needs to happen. That's where those women, you know, they're thinking about what are they thinking about? Well, I'm getting the money. I'm getting the money. I'm getting more money. <laughs> guys, apologies for this real quick break in a word about our sponsor. Have you guys taken a good look at the banks lately? On the surface, everything looks fine, but there's a whole lot more going on underneath. It's like looking under the hood of a car and finding nothing but a mess of broken wires and parts. Debt is hitting a record high. It's really scary when you stop and think about it. Why risk your money for a tiny return when things are so shaky? This is where Noble Gold Investments can help. The money printing is never going to end. And Noble Gold Investments is like a friend who knows about keeping money safe. And they suggest gold and silver. Now keep in mind, there's always a risk of investment and there's no guarantee, but they do have a sweet deal, a free one quarter ounce gold standard gold coin this month if you qualify. If you're curious, just give them a call right now at 877-646-5347 and tell them SGT Report sent you. It's just a chat, no pressure, but they'll help you figure out if gold and silver are right for you. Just visit noblegoldinvestments.com and take the first step toward a safer financial future. 877-646-5347. It's funny you'd say That's that. It. One's a woman and one's a man. They're married, husband and wife, both mm -hmm. teachers their whole lives. But let me ask you this. With $34 trillion in debt, and even Jerome Powell is now admitting on 60 Minutes that it's not sustainable. We all know it. But now the Fed is even saying... The United States government is overspending and we are worried about the long-term stability of this. It's not sustainable. And of course, I just had on Jim Willie and he said, long-term sustainability? No, that's this year. That's right now. It's not sustainable. So I just want your thoughts on a state like Illinois with teachers like that. 
with these ballooning promises. It's a little bit like Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid. I mean, they don't have it. The government doesn't have it. They should have it, but they don't. They've spent it all. And in a case of Illinois, how do you see that playing out in the next year, five years, 10 years? It's not sustainable. But you know what Illinois and California and New York want? They want bailouts from the feds, but there's no money. How do you see this playing out? Uh, Ultimately, ultimately, there's going to be an armed revolution. For the reason I mentioned before. Because the government will never stop doing what it's doing. It doesn't know how to. And by the way, government is an it, not a them. Um, Government doesn't know to stop. So government will continue to push more and more people to the point that they push back. And there will be a revolution. Um, What would I like to see? I'd like to see it solved. And the way it's solved is you stop these people by force. The militias that are in every state... Many of them are all armed and ready to go. Many of them have tons of military veterans, former police, people who are well-trained in how to defend life, liberty, and property. Um, they need to They need to pick it up. They need to pick it up. They need to start. Uh, there really ought to be common law assemblies. They are, they are showing up in more and more places where a common law assembly gets together and actually tries. And I mean, I don't mean tries like attempts. I mean, tries like a trial, tries the government criminals. And if convicted, then you have what in a common law assembly is called a constabulary. The constabulary enforces the ruling. They walk into the county council. They remove those people from the office. That's it. Okay, you're out. If necessary, they take him to a place where they imprison them. In other words, the answer is you have to force the issue. This will never be solved with discussion. Never. Okay, because the people who are doing this are not interested in discussion. They believe that they are the rulers and they will force their will. Just like you said, you don't pay, they're going to take your house. Well, at what point do you stand up and say, no, you won't. You won't take my house. I will not comply. You will go away, or I will come and get you and put you down, whatever that means. You have to be willing to do that. You know, and as long as Everybody says, well, there's got to be a way to do this peacefully. Do you believe, do you genuinely believe that Adolf Hitler could have been removed peacefully? And today, today, you know, Operation Paperclip of the 1950s, they brought all the Nazis in to work for the U.S. government. Any wonder why there's such tyranny here today? You know, there is a point beyond which you have to be willing to force the issue. Otherwise, there is absolutely no chance of surviving this. It it, it simply can't be done. No, I hear you. And you know what they want? They want a great reset where everything collapses and they still maintain full control, but now they have more control because we're all paupers. We're all slaves living on their plantation where literally we don't own anything anymore. That is the goal, but they are insane psychopaths. 
and the world is catching on to the World Economic Forum, the House of Rothschild, the House of Rockefeller, the traitors amidst us. Uh, Yuval Noah Harari, Bill Gates. These are anti-human globalist plans. It's a part of their new world order that they want to build, and they are sick, satanic psychopaths. And the good news is people are waking up. And I want to play two videos real quick about the moral hazards of how we've gotten here. And if we don't say no, what is going to happen? Because the chickens are coming home to roost. You know, I used to say after 9-11, as I was trying to wake up my colleagues in uh, Target and the marketing department, buddies of mine, I used to say, look, if they can do what they did here, they're capable of anything. If they can kill 3,000 of us under this false flag operation, they're capable of anything. Of course, my friends thought I was nuts because they didn't think it was a false flag operation. They didn't even know what that meant. Of course, they didn't want to put in the work to understand it. But here's the moral hazard. How did we get here? We got here because of central banking, which reduces our fiat to worthlessness, while the people who issue the fiat can use it for whatever they want, including endless wars. Now, this comes from the New Zealand governor of the Reserve Bank. And listen to this guy joke about how great it is to be a central banker. You know, the fiscal challenges, et cetera, that are there. So um, uh, very focused on being cost effective. We actually fund ourselves and then work out what dividend is needed to pay. So um, we kind of work that it's a great business to be in central banking. Print um, mm. money and people believe it. And, um, and um, it's a great business to be in central banking. We print money and people believe it. You know, Bitcoin fixes this. Maybe that's why Bitcoin is at 50,000. But here's what I wanted to play. If we don't put an end to this and if we don't stand up to tyrannical government, I don't think it's very far in the future that stuff like this will happen here in this country. And either it will be patriots being hauled off to re-education camps or it will be patriots and other people in, uh, and pacifists being hauled off and conscripted to wars they want no part of. Because this is what's going on in Ukraine, you guys. Middle-aged Ukrainians are being hunted down and forced by conscription into going to war against their will. This is government, guys. You're watching government. This is government. They're just people, but somehow they believe they have the authority to act as tyrants because they're government, they're part of government. This is just so satanic. I can't overstate it, Brent. It's completely hopelessly satanic. Well, yeah. You know, government is a necessary evil. And you simply have to decide if you want to support evil or oppose evil. It's a very simple question. You either support it or you oppose it. But you said Take something really your sides. That's Everybody so... takes sides and then get it on. But that's really important what you just said. You either support evil or you don't. But we can see puppet masters, or I should just say puppets, within our own government on both sides of the aisle, rhinos, demon rats alike, they are supporting the evil that's going on in Ukraine. They do want another $60 billion for Ukraine, a global center for money laundering, human slavery, child trafficking. It's just an endless cesspit of evil. And we have people in our government that want that. Oh, and by the way, more money for Israel so they can bomb the hell out of Gaza. And again, you know, it, it, let me tell you something. The Constitution for the United States is the supreme law of the land here. The Constitution is a limitation on government. But what it actually is, is like a whip and a chair, with the government being the lion or the beast. Now, what happens when you take a whip and a chair and you put it into a cage with a lion? Well, the answer is nothing. Put a whip and a chair in a cage with a lion. The lion will sit around 
The whip and the chair will sit around and nothing happens. Something's missing. What's missing is the lion tamer. Lion tamer picks up the whip and chair and wields it and uses it to tame the beast. In America, and frankly in all the world, we the people are the lion tamers. And we have been sorely remiss in our duty, which is why the government is doing what it's doing. Because we have not stopped it. Yep. And that's the bottom line. You want the government to stop? You have to participate in stopping it. You have to refuse to comply. And yes, it's a war. It's a war between good and evil. In a war, people are going to get hurt. Some people will die. Okay, I feel horrible about that. I really do. But that's a reality of war. That if you stand up to the beast that is government and refuse to comply, you might get hurt. How many times has somebody been pulled over, you know, on just an old traffic stop, and the guy stands up to the cop, and the guy ends up being shot dead by the murderous cop. It's happened more times than I can count, and it's a tragedy. But unless and until we actually stand up, and just those three words, forwards, we will not comply. Mm-hmm. We will not do what you tell us to do. We are kings and queens in our own right. Think about this. You are endowed by your creator. Well, how many of you, show of hands, how many of you were created by the government? Mm -hmm. If you didn't get your rights from the government, the government can never take them away. And if you believe in God, whatever God means to you, God is the supreme sovereign of the universe. And everybody, everybody, Christians, Jews, Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists even, will agree that the creator is the supreme sovereign of the universe, which means that every one of you is literally part of the royal family. That's so funny you're going to say that. I was going to joke that, no, the supreme sovereign of the universe was Queen Elizabeth, and now it's King Charles, because that's how they view themselves. That's so funny you just said that. But but what I'm saying is actually true, and I mean it literally. We are all part of the royal family. And all we have to do is embrace that identity. That you know, you're talking oh, you're about identifying we're, we're part of God's royal family. That's what you're yes. saying. The creator, the actual sovereign of the universe. God's yes. the creator that these atheists, these Satanists don't believe in. Or in fact, if they're Satanists, they believe in him. They just want to kill God because they think devil, the devil is the fallen angel. They're real God. These are the people need to understand this. A lot of these people in government, a lot of these people in corporations at the World Economic Forum, they're not atheists. They're Satanists. And they want to topple God. They want to topple the authority of God, which, of course, makes sense as to why they're trying to enslave us. See, they don't respect our God given rights. And this is the crux of the whole fight. And by the way, one last thing, you can comment on this. You say we are the lion tamers. Okay, I agree with you. But guess what? In my naivete, I show up at that city council meeting with my wife. I see the street packed with cars. We walk in. There's a pretty good turnout. And I'm thinking, oh, cool. This is actually an issue that's resonating with people. And they're going to speak out against this, these assessments. No, I'm the only one who got up and had a problem with it. And there were only about four people that got up and spoke at all. 
So there are no lion tamers. No, that's not true. Let me tell you a story. Number of years ago, I was for a short while living near my cousin in Montrose, Colorado. I was just there temporarily. But while I was there, something happened. A couple of cop cars were racing each other on local streets. And one of them ended up hitting and killing a 16-year-old. Horrible situation. Um, nothing was being done about it. So I made I made a big deal with the local... Uh, it was a county. It wasn't a city. Uh, Montrose is part of a county there. Um, and the county council... Um, no, wait a moment. There was a city because there was a mayor there. So let's say the city council... I got on the agenda and it uh, to address the situation with the police chief who was responsible for what happened to this 16-year-old youth. And it got on the agenda. The place was packed. People inside and outside, standing room all over the place. It had never been like this. You know, I made an issue and this is what happened. So when came time to address the issue, the mayor had scheduled 10 minutes for this issue. So I started, I stood up and I said what I had to say. And then my administrative director, Lee, stood up and said what she had to say. Then the police chief stood up and said what he had to say. And then the assistant police chief stood up and said what he had to say. And after the four of us had stood up and said their stuff, the mayor asked, does anybody else have anything else to say? And the room was silent. And you looked around. Nobody was standing up. Nobody was raising a hand. Nothing at all. And in my own mind, I'm thinking exactly what you just said. Wow, look at this. The mayor was about to move on. When suddenly one person, this is uh, this is scripted out of out of a movie. No kidding. One person in the very back of the room raised his hand and said, "Wait, I have something to say." And he stood up and he spoke about a time when the cops came over to his house and 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 violated him and 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 you know were aggressive and 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 belligerent and he just told the whole story. And then he sat down. And then on the other side of the room, somebody said, I have something to say. And she stood up and she started to tell her story. An hour and a half later, they were still going when the mayor finally stopped it. The entire room had turned into an attack on the cops for what they were doing. And it was amazing to see. So I tell you the story because when you, Sean, stand up and say and do what you say or do what you did, you're planting a seed. I guarantee you the seed will take root. Maybe not right there, maybe not right in that moment, but I guarantee you people left that council meeting thinking about what you said. And at some point, you're going to see, somebody's going to say, wait, I have something to say. 
Never doubt that. All right. Well, we shall see. I think they're going to fast track this thing, and uh, I will be going to future hearings. We'll see how this thing plays out. Uh, perhaps maybe I'll even take them on, but I will look up those state statutes and uh, Please. see what authority uh, they claim to be giving themselves, because uh, I do find it interesting. You know, it's that old knock, knock, knock on the door. You know, it's a stranger. You answer your door and the stranger says, yeah, hey, my name's Jack Smith. I happen to be persecuting the president. No, it's just a random name. Uh, my name is Jack Smith. You owe me ten thousand dollars. You say, I owe you $10,000 for what? Well, because, you know, I don't like the color of your house. It's a bad example, but produce the contract. I don't know you. Screw off. But these people who work for government, they think because they work for government, they've got all the authority in the world to treat you just like Jack Smith at your front door. And I, for one, am fed up, Brent. Well, as, as are many people. You remember last year when I was stuck in Tonga. The reason I was stuck in Tonga was they wouldn't let me leave because I refused to take the jab. And I never took it. Okay, instead of taking the jab, I stood up, I stood my ground. I went on I went on shows including yours. I went on shows all over the world. I created an international incident and it got so bad that finally finally the minister of health who was the the criminal who started the whole mess finally said, oh, no, no, we're going to let them leave. We're going to let them leave. Because I would not comply and I would not back down. And, you know, I something bad could have happened to me. I believe that I have God watching over me. But something bad could have happened. And someday something bad may happen to me because I stand up. But if you comply, then you have nothing left to give to your children. You've given up your freedom w willingly, willingly, you know, and God made you free to give up his gifts so easily is a terrible, terrible thing. Yeah, because if you comply, you've already lost the fight. Mm -hmm. So you have no fight in you if you're so willing to comply with any of this stuff whether it's mm -hmm. the tyranny of masking or the tyranny of the bioweapon masquerading as a vaccine or the tyranny of taxation without representation or the tyranny of just assessments, random assessments, because they say the roads need to be repaired in front of your house. Mm -hmm. My roads don't need to be repaired. They could use a good black topping, a re-black topping. Mm -hmm. That shouldn't cost $3,550 for the 80 feet in front of my house. Mm -hmm. It's just madness, Brent. All right. Hey, I appreciate the conversation today. You've given us some sound advice and things to think about. Can you remind people how they can find your great show? I know, uh, I know we're looking at freedomradio.us, right? Freedomradio.us is the website. Tremendous website. Go up there. You could check out my book, The American Sovereign, How to Live Free from Government Regulation. Uh, you could you know, check into the various products and services that I offer. We have the most tried and true and successful uh, common law pure trust organizations out there. We've been doing these trusts for over 30 years. We have never had a trust successfully attacked, ever. It wraps an ironclad wall of protection around your property and your property rights. Amazing thing. Uh, there are a number of other services, products, books, DVDs, all kinds of stuff. I, I did a 10-hour seminar. You can get the DVD on the seminar. Um, check the website out, freedomradio.us. Call us. We'd be delighted to speak with you. 888-385-3733. 888-385-3733.
and we'd love to hear from you. Uh, tremendous amount of stuff that you can do. You really can live free from government. You really can do things to protect yourself and your family from the evil that is government. You really can. No kidding. I'm an example of it, but I'm not the only one. So please, don't comply. Stop obeying. Stop acting like subjects and embrace your royal, your royalty as a child of the creator. God bless you all. And thank you so much, Sean, for giving me a chance to spend time with you. It's always a great show. Yeah, always a pleasure. Thank you. I appreciate the advice in the commentary. I appreciate the uh, expertise in the area. And, uh, you know, it reminds me so much of what uh, Christopher James, a warrior calls, and I talk about too, right? Produce the contract, right? We're not slaves. They think we are. They treat us like we are. But ask them to produce the contract. They can't. And therefore, tell them to bugger off. Our guest has been Brent Johnson. Voice of Freedom is the show. And guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I'll remind you every single day for free. You can find us for free for the antidote to corporate propaganda and all of those mockingbird mainstream media CIA lies at sgtreport.com. God bless you and yours, friends. Bye-bye. I went back in this time and looked at history and um, the decline in the Weimar Republic, which I, I know there are plenty of people out there that have studied this, but one of the features in the cabarets, okay, the artist communities during hyperinflation, the nihilism that came about, you had gay and lesbian, then you had bisexual, then you had androgynous, non-binary, then transvestite, then, um, then pedophiles, and those who had sex with animals. And they ended up having orgies together. The communists wear their perversion on their sleeves. And in, we're talking about modern history, but if we go back in the history, these cycles have repeated over time when the perversions, the behaviors become unbearable 